And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 47-yard try replacing Dan Bailey, second most accurate kicker in NFL history. Good snap, good hold. Maher is no good. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision Jones will set it down That was planted in my brain And Morrow misses Still remains By a lot Within the sound Is Oh! It hits the upright no good! Washington wins it. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys indeed? We got another week Cowboys training camp to break down. We got some kicker drama. Anthony Barr has taken the field. Check in with some rookies as well. We might have a little game show at the end as well if we have time. But welcome in to this edition of the About Them Cowboys podcast. I am Kent, producing and bringing you three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys, especially in the podcast side of things. Make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube. About Them Cowboys on YouTube. This episode's up there. We'll be posting episodes and having live reaction throughout the season. So go to YouTube, subscribe to About Them Cowboys. I'm welcoming in from Oxnard, from Fox Sports, David Hellman. He's been blowing up your TVs. We've got John Mishota out there as well for The Athletic. And, of course, hosting from the Ben and Skin Show, Kevin KT Turner. KT, Garibay, man. Sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, man. You win some, you lose some, right? And mm-hmm. um, I've uh, never claimed to be a kicking expert. But, man, he was well, he was, he was clutch at, he was clutch at Texas Tech. He was money. Um I feel like I've seen more of David Hellman on my TV lately than Jamie Foxx, today's uh, training camp guest. Did you guys hang out with Jamie Foxx today? Hell yeah, we did. John got a photo with him. He, John did not get a photo with him. Adding to his Rolodex, he's got Denzel, he's got Jamie Foxx. You know, John. John's like a smooze with the stars kind of a guy at training camp. Doesn't really cover the team, kind of just smoozes on the sidelines with the VIPs, you know. I got lucky with that Denzel thing. That was during an interview. <laughs> an amazing and shot. Yeah. He, happened, he happened to lean in, and uh, so it ended up being a good-looking shot, but I'm not trying to – I don't know. Like, who – Hellman, who would have to be at camp for you to go, hey, man, or woman? <laughs> Can I get a I selfie? Just, uh, yeah, I think about that a lot. I mean, not counting like uh, – because I feel like most of mine would be – athletes like i really i i'm just i don't know i don't Riffy. care that much yeah king Griffey jr would be one but also i mean well 
I would have said Drake five years ago, but these days I don't think even that's I don't think so. Um Beyonce for sure, but like I feel like she would have an army of handlers who would kill me the minute I approached <laughs> her. So uh yeah, I think Beyonce is the answer to that question. But I I'm think not it's holding my pronounced Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce. Beyonce and, and Mr. Z. Bruno. You know, you know what the key thing is with all those is it's it doesn't matter who's on your list. It's whoever is highest on your list that you think will smile or look like they're not completely annoyed in the picture. Because there's so many times that people get a picture with like a celebrity and the person just looks so beaten down. And you're just kind of like, I don't even want a picture if it's going to look like that. So that's going to rule a lot of people out. And I that's a, a, a big reason why I, I don't. I don't ask people for photos. I don't really enjoy. I would never do that as I would rather not take the photo at all than create a memory that I'm going to be like embarrassed by. Like if they're freaking, if they just look so unhappy to be in a photo with me or if they turn me down, which would be even worse. Like, no, I'm all good. Thanks. I mean, there were people that asked uh, Jamie Foxx for a picture today and he seemed to be in a great no, no, he was, yeah, Jamie's. Yeah, he'd be a good one. I mean, Jamie was up there. Jamie did like five impressions in the five minutes we talked to him. Like he was, he you do just, Tyson. He, was, he does a great Tyson. I don't think he did. Mike he Tyson. did Jerry. He did Jerry. He did Steven. He did, uh, what Stephen else did he Smith. do? He did Stephen A. Smith. Smith. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's not, Steve, not Stephen Jones. Big difference, right? <laughs> oh, no, you're right. Well, he did. Yeah. He did Stephen A. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Dave's real Dave. bad with this. We've, we've, we're not going to share the names, but Dave will throw out some first names of somebody that I'm like, that person is number 14 on my list of people <laughs> I would think of with that first name. Like, be more specific, please. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. Look, I'm tired, okay? I'm sorry. You're right. Not you know, Stephen Jones. Any uh, any celebrity sightings at no, you know Nobu this year? No. I mean, mm-hmm. in a group that we were with, I mean, Jerry had Trey Aikman there and, like, Al Michaels, but not in terms of... But here's the thing. Like, when you walk around Nobu, like, I'm really not trying to, like... <laughs> Look at every single I, when I Dude. go there. The the biggest thing that I try to do is not look like somebody that. Oh my god, this is the first time I've ever been here. And there's definitely some people that we know that act that way that we're not going to share their names of. Um, but I I just don't want to be like when I'm walking in, like looking at every single table, like hold on, hold on, who is this? Pulling out my pulling out hey pulling out the light on my camera phone, like hold on. Never mind. Never mind. I thought you were somebody. You're not. Keep going. Like <laughs> doing that. Shine a light in her face. Yeah. You're oh, wait, so right. Yeah, you try wait, to do oh, the thing where you act like you belong, right? Yeah. I remember seeing when, uh, you know, Jamie Foxx there at that place. And I was like, yeah, she kind of did the head nod thing. And like, what's up? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see you here all it's the time. Not, it's not wild at all to see you here. When I when I go to, when I walk around Nobu, I like, I just keep my eyes directly on the floor in front of where I need to walk. So I don't look like some star eyed fanboy. I ran into Brett Maher there. No, What's going didn't. on? What are we good doing? Kicker? That is a good segue. What's happening? Um, we just shipped in like six kickers. Yeah. And I understand that like Cowboys fans aren't going to be thrilled about this, but let me give you one positive to all of this. Considering how they didn't have anybody, but Jonathan Garibay on the roster for a while. The fact that they moved down from him so quickly, you got to feel pretty good about that if you're a Cowboys fan, because I think there's a lot of people that felt like they stuck with their kicker. They have stuck with their kickers too long. You know, Zerline, you know, last year, uh, you know, Maher previous years, you know, things like that. So there's a part of me that I was a little surprised that they were ready to bring in guys and move on. Cause here's the other thing. It's like, it's not like they brought in any of those four names that were just like, 
oh, well, this guy's out here. So you obviously, you know, he has to be brought in. And they were like, we're ready to move on. So basically what it sounds like is they were going to bring in four kickers. And as long as one of them looked at least decent, then they were moving on from Garibay. Yeah, that's a really good point, John. We, yeah, like we're conditioned from the Jason Garrett era to just think that it's got to take an act of God to get something to change. And that's probably why so many people don't like Brett Maher is because Garrett just kept trotting him out there. Yeah, they he just they just wouldn't do anything. And finally, in December, in December of a season where he missed 10 kicks, they finally pulled the plug. Whereas what they probably started kicking for the first time for real, like a week ago. So it took a week. It took a week from like starting to kick to like, we got to do something new. So that is definitely a departure from the old regime. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't expect people to be excited about Maher. My two thoughts about that. Number one, give him credit. He was not bad for the saints last year. Like he kicked pretty good for the saints. He missed two field goals. Ironically, one of them was against Dallas. It was a 56-yarder, uh, but he was 16 of 18 on the year. He did miss two extra points. I'm not I'm not trying to say this guy's amazing, but like he was better last year than he was as a Cowboy. Um, and then the other thing is, they're still kickers. Like if if they if one of these guys doesn't light it up here over the next three weeks, there will be other kickers available between now and the start of the season. And now that we know that they kind of have a, a quicker trigger finger than than whatever, like. You know, I'm I'm just not I'm not going to sweat this on August 9th. You know, this is kind of interesting is that while we're out here, we're trying to get as much information as possible. And you just have to you know, just be cautious about like, I mean, I'll, I put out anything that I think is interesting from any, you know, stuff on the record from Jerry Jones and things like that. But um, it's just funny that it's like, you know, a day before they make this move, like Jerry's fine with the kickers. You know, it's like, you know, there's no interest in Anthony Barr. And then all of a sudden, Jabril Cox dings his knee. And then all of a, the next day, Anthony Barr's in here where they could have brought in Anthony Barr at any point. So it's like, you know, hey, like I said, I write what, what you know, what I think. And then I use their quotes and things like that. But just because Jerry says something or Steven or anybody w- with the organization, it doesn't mean that that's necessarily the case. They just they're not hitting the panic button. And I understand why they do that, because they're not going to just put that stuff all out there all of a sudden like you know i mean sometimes they will especially with jerry jones he will sometimes put somebody out there on blast like after that patriots game with the special teams coach but for the most part you know he's fine with wide receiver you know he said it multiple times and then watch him go sign somebody you know so it's like yeah uh it it is one of those things that all you can do is ask the questions get the answers and, and and try and share with what you're hearing and and make the best use of it so, so I'm well aware that I'm uh, not really allowed to have a lot of hot opinions in the kicker portion of this episode of the podcast, <laughs> considering I'm the guy that on May 2nd said that Cowboys fans would not be disappointed in Jonathan the Worm Garibay. Uh, guy's going to be a beast one day, guys. Just watch. Um, but uh, what, one thing I was thinking, two things. One thing, good news. It's not like they invested anything in him. And the other question that I think I have, and I think, I think if it happened – Cowboys fans would have gone nuts. So Cade York is crushing it for the Browns. You're LSU guy, right? Fourth round pick. Pick pick 124 overall. Would you rather have Cade York or would you rather have uh, Jake Ferguson? There's still a fun, uh, fun little hypothetical there. <laughs> as, of, as it sits right now, I'd rather have Jake Ferguson. But that's also me thinking that somebody will win this job and it will be at least okay. Um, but if it is a complete 
dumpster fire for several weeks and it's back to where you're rotating guys and bringing in new guys to work out all the time, then I reserve the right to change my thoughts on that. What's funny is like, it's ironic that it's a tight end in this position because we've known, we know now and we've known for a minute, like it's probably going to take Jake Ferguson a minute to really be a useful player. Like it's a steep learning curve. It took Dalton Schultz a long time. Like you're usually looking at at least a year, if not like two years before a tight end is really coming into his own. So like Cade York is going to be the runaway winner of this for the next little bit. If I had to guess, especially if he has like this amazing season, but you know, Jake Ferguson has the potential to turn into a Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz is currently worth 11 million. Like I'd way rather have Dalton Schultz than pretty much anybody not named Justin Tucker. So um, Cade, Cade York will be the answer to this for probably two years, but, but you never know with the long game. So I would, I'll be interested to revisit that in a year to three years. You know, if, if you end up going the, uh, I, we need to probably not spend all this time on kickers, but if you end up going, let's say they end up going with Liam, you're probably in that boat where you're going for it a little more often, or you're punting a little more often and not, you know, firing off the, the old Brett Maher 56 yarder. You know what I'm saying? If you end up going with Liam, it's almost like hedging your bets a little bit. We'll play it a little safer right now. And then you're probably just changing your philosophy a little bit offensively around the 40 yard line. Am I wrong there? Is that, is that a crazy thing to say? I mean, philosophically sure, but I don't think that's a good strategy at all because then if you do stuff like that, the opponent is going to know that you're doing that too. And that just helps out their defense when they're playing against you because they're going to know certain situations that there's no way that the Cowboys are going to try this 52 yarder here or 56 yarder. So we can change up our defense knowing that they're not going to be just settling for where they are right now. So I don't think you can just get by with that. Um, you know, Jerry told us the other day, he's like, I'm just looking for a guy that can, you know, we can count on to make extra points. Like, there's just no way you can do that. There's just, I mean, these games are just too damn close. It can't just be about extra points. You need a guy that can come in there and kick game winners from, you know, 45 yards away. I mean, that's in the NFL nowadays that you have to have a kicker that can do that. Yeah, I mean, there's no blanket answer to that, right? Like, this isn't that that high school coach that never punts and never kicks. He always goes for, I mean you lose yourself way too many games in the NFL when, when the margin of victory is like two or three points, you can't do that. But just as a general thought, I, I mean, I just, I think you should be more aggressive. Like once you get to about the opponent's 30 yard line, especially in short distance, I think you should always be more aggressive. And I would like to think Mike McCarthy will consider his kicker when that comes to pass, you know, like fourth and, fourth and one and a half from the opponent's 28 yard line. Like, yeah, maybe we should go for this. We got, we got Zeke Elliott and CD lamb and a kicker that we don't totally love. Like, I hope that that is reflected in McCarthy's decision-making. Um, Cause that was, again, to go back to a big reason Brett Maher pissed so many people off is Jason Garrett treated him like Dan Bailey. A lot of times, like he would just, he's like, we're sending him out there. He's our kicker. So that's what we're doing. And I think a lot of that was on coaching. Like they didn't really put him in great situations. I mean, at the end of the day, it's his job to make the kick. I get that. But uh, you should coach differently for different personnel. If you have Justin Tucker, you kick all the time. You're like, yeah, we'll kick from any distance in any weather, whatever. When you have a guy who you don't trust at all, it should be reflected in your play calling and your decision making. Absolutely. 
So you talked about, uh, you know, being a little more aggressive, though. Let's talk about that from the uh, philosophy. Ah, uh, philosophy. Philosophy. What's that? Philosophical standpoint. New word. Of uh, wide receivers. So, so Jerry did, like as you mentioned, said if pretty calm about the wide receiver situation. Um, no urgency. Uh, I mean, at what point do they have urgency? Will it take another injury? Does it take a scare like they've had with C.D. Lamb? Uh, a, well, a minor scare? Uh, or is it just figure it out as we go? Classic Cowboys. It could take your receivers, n- nobody stepping up. And recently... Noah Brown and Simi Fahoko have been stepping up and they've been playing well out in these practices. So those are a couple of guys that for all the guys that we know and want to see in preseason that aren't going to play in the preseason, those are some guys to keep an eye on. And I don't even know how much Noah Brown plays, but a Simi Fahoko who you didn't see anything really from last year during his rookie season, he's really stepped his game up and ever since really the camp started, I mean, contested balls using his size, uh, you know, making the catches he should make, uh, no drops that, that I've noticed. Uh, and same thing with Noah Brown. And so I think if you didn't have those guys stepping up, Dennis Houston, undrafted rookie is another guy who's been really solid, who Dak trusts immensely. Uh, so I think if you had these other guys not stepping up, that might force their hand a little bit. Um, but I think they feel really good about CD lamb and Jalen Tolbert. And then, so now you're looking for a third and fourth guy until you can get Gallup back. And then later on in the season, you get James Washington back. So, I, I, don't, I think if Noah Brown or Simi weren't playing as well as they have been the last week or so, I think that might force their hand a little bit. But as it sits right now, if if either of them it can look even okay in the preseason as a solid three or four, I think they could stick with what they have. Yeah. Um, I mean, I when they say no, there's no urgency, like – I, I, I'm not at the point where I believe them yet. And like, that's not, I don't, you know, I'm not saying they're going to go get. No, some... I never believe them, Dave. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just think, I just think they're waiting. They're waiting for the opportunity to present itself. And on, if I had to guess, that'll be roster cuts. You know, remember it was two years ago that they got Malik Turner at roster cuts, which like, but like, reset your expectations that's probably what we're talking about if i had to guess you're talking about them adding some veteran guy that's you know maybe he's got nfl experience but he's he's being let go he's being cut whether it's for salary reasons or because some other team found a young guy i do still think they'll bring a guy in here but john makes a great point like noah and simi are both having really nice camps Shoot, I mean Noah Brown might be a ball cap guy at this point. Like you can't, how much can you risk running him out there? Because if he gets hurt, then you're really up the creek. So, um, I don't believe that they're just going to completely stand pat. But I have to assume that they're pleased with what they're seeing from those two. Yeah, but when you say that, also you're talking about a Brett Maher type kicker. They would be adding a wide receiver. You're not talking about no, right. That's what I'm saying. Game. Like it's going to be I've a guy heard- that no one's going to be really like. No. Oh, they got him. No, we're fine. Yeah, there you go. I have a hard time believing that they're going to get the type of receiver where somebody's going to want to run out and get that guy's jersey. You know what I mean? Like that and, ain't happening. It's and, and you know to that point, Dave. So a group of us got to talk with Will McClay the other day for like thirty minutes, and it was pretty interesting when he was talking about how he's like, you know, we just know a lot more about these guys' background, injury history, things like that than what you see out there anytime a big name is there and, you know, people want to connect them with the Cowboys. 
and when and he's talking about you know the injury history thing and and going forward with certain players that's a big factor in these equations and stuff and so when he's saying that he's not even talking about a position you know he's just talking in general speak of just player acquisition and that's all i kept thinking about when he said that was will fuller it's a guy that you know yeah we, you know we see the stats and and generally speaking when you watch twitter or whatever you're going to see the highlights but medically he's had a hard time staying healthy you know and that's part of the reason actually it probably is the reason that he's still out there right now but he's a name and so we see it and we're like hey that's a possibility or ty hilton or something like that or julio jones but it was just interesting to see how he brought that up because he obviously sees that we throw out these names and stuff like that but he's not going to sit there and come out and shoot every single one of these down because he just can't do that and it's not good for his job to do that do that but um also, we're trying to make podcasts here, so we have to throw out names people know. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. That's why, like, to me, it's like the go back to the fi- last five, six years, look at their 30 draft visits, uh, little things like that. Because there are, uh, when you have an uh, organization that is as stable as this one has been, front office-wise, for as long as they have right now, like, like it was no surprise that they were visiting with Tack McKinley earlier in camp. And given what we know with George Edwards, it's no surprise that they brought Anthony Barr in and there's been interest there forever. So like, that's the thing I'm, I'm kind of interested in. I, I wish I had it. I used to have it in my, in my file here, like the list of 30 visits for the last five, six, seven years. Maybe there's a name or two that, that piques your interest because they did all the work on them. They know everything about them. They feel like they know them. They're more comfortable doing things. Like Ironically, that. Ironically, James Washington was that guy too. They brought him in as a yeah. 30 visitor. He's from Texas. They loved him. Just didn't work out or it hasn't worked out so far. He'll be back at some point, but he's not going to be able to help them for for a month for 2 months probably. So, uh yeah, that that's a good point. It would probably be I don't remember if Will Fuller was a visit. It would probably be worthwhile um to go back and look at some of that, but a lot of those guys, your Fullers, your T.Y. Hiltons, like those are guys I feel like once the season starts and the guarantees go away, because you know that rule that's like if you're on the roster on like the first Tuesday or whatever, everything's guaranteed. Like that, those guys are going to get deals once that goes away and the risk goes even further down for teams than it already is. And, and it is one of those things too. You got to factor in the salary too. You know, if, yeah. if we knew what, a T.Y. Hilton or a Will Fuller was looking for, uh, it might be absurd to the point where it's like we would just completely move on from it. We don't know what they're asking for. I mean, part of the reason why they've said that they went with Barr signing him now as opposed to earlier in the year is that the price was right. And and that's and that's part of it. Maybe his price came down. But, but this is a guy they've been interested in since free agency started. So I think it's the price was probably right. But then also, like I said earlier, I think the Jabril Cox knee injury, I don't think it's something where – Oh, I don't think Jabril's going to be ready for the start of the season. He was practicing the other day, but I think it's enough for them to be like, I mean, I don't know what, like we might not be able to count on him for the full season. So let's go ahead and get a guy that we know can be a solid veteran that we're not expecting him to play the snaps he did in Minnesota. He's older now. He's not the four time pro bowler that he was before, but he's a solid guy that we can have. So we have some depth at that position in case we, we don't have Jabril at a hundred percent. I mean, Jabril now has been wearing a knee brace. Looks like what they're trying to do is get him to get used to playing with that on. And anybody I know that's wore one of those knee braces for whatever sport it was, they hated him. I mean, that's, sure. that's one of those, those knee braces like that are one of those deals that a lot of colleges make all their offensive linemen wear them. 
whether they had knee injuries or not, just because there's guys rolling up and things like that. And there was a time when with Jason Garrett that they made all the offensive linemen wear them in practice and all of them hated it. Like the guys that didn't have any, because it slows you down. And I remember talking about this with Zach Martin, because at Notre Dame, he had to wear them because it was just something that they made all the offensive linemen wear them. And it, it just, it's one of those deals where, yeah, Zach Martin could probably get away with it in the NFL because he's an all pro future hall of famer. But most guys that like little half a second that slows you down, that can be the difference between you being uh, on a team and not on a team, a good player or a really good player, a really good player to a great player. So uh, I, I bet you that there are some questions there with them where not, not in terms of that. They don't think he can still be a good player, but Hey, maybe he's not ready to get the full load of snaps that we thought he was early on. Let's kind of ease in this. We'll sign this guy for, you know, 2 million with the, I think it's three is the max on what they give sure. Anthony Barr. I think all of that factors in there as opposed to just, I mean, I'm sorry, you just can't sign that guy a day after the Jabril Cox, uh, you know, dinged his knee news comes out and act like, no, it has nothing to do with, with Jabril Cox. Okay. It might not, you know, be apples to apples, but it had to be a factor. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, my big thing is it just, I can't say enough about how much it just seems like Dan Quinn wants to, he just wants all these guys that make him multiple. And that, I mean, on a related note, which might sound weird, but like all of a sudden Marquise Bell is running with the ones a lot all of a sudden. And part of that is because J Ron curse is, is currently out. He's not practicing right now with a back injury. Um, but even still like Marquise Bell is this tall, rangy, thick safety who they openly say can like play a lot of linebacker. That's what curse was so good at. Joe Witt was raving last week about, you know, curse can wear three different hats on three different downs and Anthony Barr is similar. He's bay. I mean, he's an older, less freakish Micah Parsons. I mean, the skill sets are the same. Micah Parsons is just a much freakier athlete, but you're talking about a guy who can play, you know, he can play base linebacker on early downs. He can defend the run. Probably don't want to, put him in coverage against anybody too athletic, but he can do some stuff in coverage for you. And then the ability to get on the line of scrimmage, whether it's in the a gap, whether it's out on the edge, it's another guy that can contribute to your pass rush. Uh, I just think Dan Quinn wants as many guys as possible that he can throw out there to confuse the other team. And at this point he's got like five of them, which is a lot of fun to watch, honestly. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, so I I noticed, uh, you know, watching uh, your guys' videos as I do every single day uh, when you guys are out there, uh, a little chippy today uh, on a couple occasions. And I already kind of have a bone to pick with the schedule, and some of that might be out of your control or whatever. But you're doing like the joint practice. We'll take thing. it up with we'll take yeah. it up with Mike. And then it's a preseason Dave, Dave, game. Dave and John's uh, choice. <laughs> well, next, when the next week you got the joint practices again, and then the preseason game, and to me that feels like a lot of that. Mm. Especially for McCarthy, who's a guy who's we talked about it before, John. He is very big on let's be as healthy as we can be. You know, on opening day, it seems like a yeah. lot of uh, I guess tangling and. Uh, Oh, uh, tangoing maybe with uh with other teams. Let me just say that I think it's going to lead to just some disappointed fans at some of these uh, joint practices because old Dak Prescott might not be going in all the practices like they you know fans think they are. Oh, CD Lamb's not going today. Zach Martin, uh, Tyron Smith. You know, I there. I get the sense that Mike McCarthy is going to manage it a certain way where he's not going to really care if the fans are upset that you know some of the Cowboys star players are out there. And again, I'm talking about the joint practices because you're definitely not seeing any of those guys in the preseason games. Yeah. So uh, I think it's just going to be, I don't know, like we see it right now, like Trayvon Diggs in practice today, like Dave said with Jaron curse with the back, like they're going to have CD lamb, like time off and things like that. So yeah, they're going to have these practices, but I think what it ultimately leads to is it just a lot more time for Ben DiNucci and Cooper rush. And a lot of these, like, you know, of, of guys that we would talk about, or we'll be talking about on Sundays, the names that are going to be really heavily affected in these things are going to be like Tyler Smith and Sam Williams. And cause I'm even to the point where I'm like, how much you really want to put Jalen Tolbert out there? I mean, how much you need Jalen Tolbert? Like, cause I, it's even one of those things now where like about a week ago, it was like Cavante Turpin, Jalen Tolbert were almost, always your two primary punt returners in special teams. Now it's just basically Turpin. Like, I don't even think you want to even risk putting Tolbert out there for that. Like you're not as deep at wide receivers. You have been. So let's not, let's not get too crazy there. So you're saying you don't think Dak would play in the second preseason game. I don't know. Okay, I, so I last year he did, Dak right? Yeah. I think there's a possibility Dak doesn't play in any of the preseason games. I, well, I don't yeah, think he I, should, but, uh, but last year he did, right? Yes. If my memory serves me, I'm, I, I'm curious though, John, because I mean, I agree with you. 
I don't think McCarthy's going to do anything in the preseason, like next no. to nothing. But that's why I'm curious about these two joint practices, or three, I guess, because he's doing two against the Chargers. I wonder if McCarthy views this as that's going to be the preseason work for the big for the big guys. And so, no. oh, 100% he does. But even with that being said, what is the preseason work for a Dak Prescott at this stage in his career? Ah, uh, series. So he's going to yeah. go in the practices and he might give them two series, three series. I just don't think it's going to be like the practices we've seen out here where it's like ones go, twos go, three. Okay, now back to the ones. You know, like I think that there's going to be like, yeah, he'll be out there. He'll see some time, stuff like that. But it ain't, I bet you he, does, he doesn't practice as much as he's been practicing out here. Yeah, you no, you could you could be totally right about that. I that makes sense. I just I'm think telling you the thing that we know about McCarthy more than anything is that he likes to take care of his players. And to be honest, he would never admit this, but he cares more about Dak and, and these key guys being hitting their stride at the end of the season than if it's well, you know, they didn't play in the preseason, so Dak looked a little rusty against Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. I don't think he's going to lose that much sleep over that possibility as opposed to Dak getting hurt and because he took too many reps. I mean, we're talking about this is the GPS guy. Yeah. And we're talking about <laughs> GPS and just in practices where they're just running, let alone in a situation like that. And and then you just look at today with like how Chippy was getting and stuff like that. You think he wants to risk Dak being out there too long and then all of a sudden he like takes some shot from some guy like, you know, that's trying to make a big play or whatever for, for – for the chargers or the Broncos, who's on like the third team or something like that. Like, yeah. I, I, like I said, he, he'll probably, they'll practice and, and whatever. But I just, if you're going there thinking that you're going to see Dak running with the ones throughout these whole practices, I, I just, I just think you're going to be a little disappointed. Oh, to answer your question, KT, I totally, it feels like a lifetime ago that Dak strained his shoulder in camp last year. He didn't play at all in the preseason oh, yeah. last year. And they actually, they played four games last year because they were in the hall of fame game and he didn't play in any of them. So um, yeah, I, I'm with John. I like whatever the big guys do is going to happen during practice. I don't know how much, but I'm preparing myself for a very not star studded preseason, which is a okay with me. And to be honest with you, Dak and Jalen Tolbert's rapport on the field or, uh, you know, whatever Dak with Noah Brown or Simi or Dennis Houston or CD to me, that's all secondary to be in terms of preseason, the biggest thing that you're, that I don't think you're going to get much of in the preseason that you should want to see if you're the Cowboys is this offensive line playing together because you're just, that's when it matters. Like you actually get to see them playing games. I, I sit here today after seeing two over two weeks of training camp practice. I don't know if the offensive line has shown me anything that makes me think they're going to be any better. than I thought they were going to be two weeks ago, you know, so you're not going to know until they're all playing together. So whether that's Connor McGovern or Tyler Smith or whatever, but Zach Martin and, Ty- and Tyron Smith aren't going to be playing in these preseason games. So you're not going to really know for sure what you have in the offensive line, you know, and until early in the season. And that sucks because that's a huge part of the success of this team depends on that. But I think that, I think if you're listening to anybody or reading anything of anybody talking about how like the line has been solidified from anything they've seen out at training camp, they're lying to you. Big time, big time. So, I mean, yeah, the official, uh, well, uh, official, the, the depth chart still, we're still rolling Connor McGovern with the ones most of the time that left. Yeah, guard. that doesn't mean anything. That just you think that because, it's, yeah, like Tyler's got to learn, uh, like he's got to earn the job type thing. Yeah, which I mean, <laughs> Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith will be the starter against Tampa Bay. 
whatever. Yeah. I don't because I mean, to be honest, with you, they're going to go through. They're going to be willing to go through the growing pains with him because yeah, of how important he is to their future. So yeah, yeah he's going to have mistakes. There's going to be holdings. He's going to probably have some false starts. He's probably going to be some times where you know in in past protection where he lets a guy blow by him and, and misses an assignment. But you're just going to have to live with that, and he's going to have to grow because frankly, I just don't expect him to be Tyron Smith as a rookie or Zach Martin. So you got to just take the good with the bad. What are we doing to backup quarterback? Are we still, uh, is it Cooper rush? Well, well that changed a little bit today. Cause old Will Greer was looking really good. Uh, these last really this last week. Uh, but he exited practice. I think, I, I think it's a groin injury. Is that right, David? Yes, it is a groin. It yeah, is a groin, and, Jonathan. Thank you. And so, uh, he didn't, uh, finish practice. And so it makes me think that they're not going to really push it with him. But if here's, if, Here's where I'm at with that. Like he, to me has looked probably a little bit better than, than Cooper rush in these practices. But at the end of the day, Cooper rush has the Minnesota game. I know, so like, right? if you have that on under your belt, like if you're Will, you're going to do a lot to, for them to be, I mean, to go in there and do what Cooper rush did. And by the way, that ball that he throws that, whether it's a go ball or the fade, the one that he threw to Amari Cooper, when he throws that thing in practice, that thing is money. Like he throws that as well as pretty much any quarterback can throw it. You know, like that is one part of his game that like when Dave and I are taking these videos and stuff like that, when they're in certain situations, I'm definitely rolling on, even if it is with the second team, because I know that he can put that up there for a semi Fajoko or a Noah Brown, um, because he does throw that ball really well. So I'm will Greer has definitely closed the gap. But as I sit here today, I still think Cooper Rush is the number two, and, and and Will Greer would have to do a lot to overtake that. I am I'm devastated that Will got hurt because yeah, and John, I mean John, you know this like you we are we're around each other like you hear my questions like I've developed a little bit of a football crush on Will Greer like because <laughs> like you know the starters come off the field eh, like it, it the it's boring watching the backups like it's usually not the the play's not as crisp. The quarterback fell in love with LSU. He was a Gator. So this is hey, 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 some Mountaineer fans might take issue with that. Okay. Well, but right, well, I'm just uh no, but I mean like backups and third stringers, like practice usually gets kind of boring when they play. Like it's not as it's it's sloppy. The quarterback usually checks it down because he's afraid of making a mistake. Will Greer just gets out there and says, F it. Like I'm zinging <laughs> this thing. I don't give a damn. He I mean, he'll 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 zip it downfield. He'll He'll try to thread it in between two or three guys. And more often than not, it's been working. Like, I can't remember him taking one of these chances and having it bite him in the ass, really. Like, he's thrown a lot of pretty balls that either wound up getting caught or fell incomplete, which, you know, whatever. So he's been really fun to watch. I And, like, all this week I was like, yeah, this Broncos game is probably going to be pretty boring, but at least I'll get to watch Will Greer ball out in the second half, and now he's probably not going to play. I'm just – I'm devastated, but hey, and you know, who's only, you know, it's probably as devastated as Davis is, uh, is the wide receivers that run with like the twos and threes. Oh yeah. You want that as your quarterback in these yeah. games, you know what you can do, because if he throws an interception, like he throws an interception, you want a guy out there that's going to be aggressive because it gives you a chance to show what you can do. You don't want the guy that's dinking and dunking. That's just trying to like play it safe because he doesn't want to turn the ball over. You want a guy that's going to throw it up there for you. And, and and certainly Will Greer, he's done it enough in these practices. I would think he would be doing it in the preseason too, but it all depends on where that groin issue is. Yeah. And those are so tricky that 
if it's something that they want to shut him down for like a few weeks, then maybe they do that. But from what I've seen so far, I, I certainly think that he belongs in the NFL somewhere. Oh, I put it, I put it this way in the story I just filed for Fox right before I hopped on with y'all is like, I got to camp not thinking that that was a competition at all. And now I definitely do think it's a competition. I do. I agree with John that Will Greer is going to have to do something pretty amazing to, to overcome the fact that Cooper Rush has won them a regular season game, but yes. he's fun. Man. I, at the very least, like I start to wonder, I wonder if he can play well enough to convince them to keep three quarterbacks. We'll never forget hey. Halloween 2021, Dave. We'll never That's forget right. it. That's right. Hey, when you say that he's fun, uh, what about <laughs> when I'm asking about his tattoos and what do you say about this throwing arm? Why there's oh, no tattoos? That's, you know, <laughs> he he would, and also he's a great interview. Like he was yeah. very friendly, personable. Yeah. So he, he gave a great interview with us and even like, which, you know, this is just, we're just media shills that like to have our ego stroked, but like even, <laughs> you know, he got done talking to us and was like, you know, it's nice to meet you guys. Like I got here at the end of training camp. Like I didn't really get a chance to talk to any of y'all last year, which I don't know, just the fact that he would even be self-aware enough to think about that, I thought was was cool. He seems like a nice guy. But, yeah, so John's asking him about all the tats on his non-throwing arm. And we were like, so are you going to get any on your other arm? And he was like, no, nah, man, that's just for buckets. <laughs> it's like, the yes. moneymaker. Yeah, yeah come on, so, let's go. So he, he's superstitious about getting a tattoo on there? Putting a needle uh, on the throwing arm? Or is there something to that? Or I don't know if he's superstitious, oh, yeah. just, but could flame up, his, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe he's, he's being very, very cautious with it. Yeah. His left arm is completely covered. So I just kind of figured that was whatever, but. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay he's so get the giant Lombardi trophy after the Cowboys win it all. It is interesting because every time you watch an NFL game and there's a backup quarterback that's got to play, I know. And then you did the whole idea is, Oh, we're going to keep it close and don't make the big mistake. Dude, the way that those guys end up getting a win, like the Vikings game, is when they make one or two big plays down the field. So the idea that both of these guys aren't just, you know, check down Charlie's. We well, also don't want to be super aggressive like that in a game. Like let's say the Minnesota game, for example, like you also don't want to be Cooper rush and lose that game. Cause you threw, because you were super aggressive and threw three picks, you know, sure. so you gotta, you have to like in that game, I thought he was pretty conservative in the first half. And then it got to the point where it's like, all right, well, if we're going to win this game, you're going to have to take some chance. And you could tell right from the start of the second half, he was willing to do that. Cause he does have the arm to make some, big time throws when they're there. But I think he also has to be cautious because, you know, at this, at this level, you can make some of those big time throws. And if it's just uh, maybe the receiver runs the wrong route or you're just a little bit off, then all of a sudden it's going the other way. And there's a, and maybe not to them, they're the ones playing the position, but like for me, there's a big difference between trying to win a game as a backup and going in a training camp because like, you know, especially when you've got a a good defense like Dallas now does, you're like, all right, just make the plays that are there for you. The defense will do something for you. Like you don't have to be Superman out here at training camp. I'm like, man, you're you're not like, you got to do more than just look for the tight end over the middle or check it down at the back. Like you got to have a little bit of chutzpah. You got to, got to have some moxie, take your, take the bat off your shoulder. And, and you can do that in a practice environment. You get so many more opportunities at it. So that's what always it frustrates me when over the years, like when a backup comes into camp and you know, if you're, if you're a number two quarterback, you're going to get 
a few dozen reps a day, probably. I don't know. Like, how many reps would you say they get, John? Like, the starter probably gets in team. I mean, like, the starter is going to get like 24 reps probably, and the backup sure. maybe gets somewhere between like 50 and 15 and 20. The so, other difference between these practices and games, though, preseason games, is like you can sit there and you and your offensive line can suck and you can get blown up on a rush and they let you extend the play, even though yeah. you would have been sacked immediately. So you can get a four or five nice throws, a rhythm going. If that happens in a game, sack, false start, yeah, sack, totally. so, pass, sack, you're on the sideline. Like you're not with, getting any rhythm like that. So you can kind of get in a groove in these practices more so than you'll be able to get into in a game. If, if your offensive line is terrible or you're playing with receivers that really have no business being in the NFL, they're running the wrong routes. They're not where they're supposed to be. So there's a lot. And that's of why and it's, and it's, and that's why it's so maddening. Like these practices are designed to be friendly to the QB and the receivers. And still some of these backups you, you watch over the years will just, it's just terrible. check down Charlie all day, every day. So for Will Greer to get out here and just be letting it rip, um, I just really appreciate That's who you, he man. is. On the off He's chance awesome. you're listening to this, Will, I appreciate you. Yeah, he was fun in college. Let's go over to our uh, correspondent uh, live in Fort Worth, Texas, our producer, Kent Garrison. Oh, Kent, hey. um, I have it on good authority, uh, you, that uh, we have a game show this week. We we do have a little game. Been waiting to do this, and it's the perfect week in honor of the Brett Maher, Liram, her, her, her uh, situation that's brewing out in Oxnard. It's time to play kicker or congressman. Congressman, yes. Oh, sweet. Okay. This is so fun. I will name a person and you will tell me if it's a kicker or a member of the United States Congress. Oh man, I'm not about to embarrass Do myself. Do we go out one at a time? I've got, oh, I've got four of each, and I'll uh, I'm gonna name one. KT, you're up first. All right. All right. Let's go with KT. Andy Lee, kicker or congressman? Now, by uh, could kicker be a punter too? Yes, punters and kickers. Andy Lee is a punter. Is that your final answer? I believe it should be. <laughs> Andy Lee is the punter from the Cardinals. That's nice correct, work, KT. Nice work, KT. Give nice. KT an easy one. I feel like Andy Lee's been to at least one or two Pro Bowls, I think. Okay, we'll go. We'll, we're still going I'm here. Nervous. KT's got a okay. point. Dave, you're up next. Oh, boy. Dave Corliss Waitman. I I I have no idea, but kicker or congressman Corliss Waitman. Corliss just sounds like the first name of a lifetime politician, like the, I did, like Corliss the third or some crap like that. So I'm Cornelius. yeah, I'm going yeah. to say congressman. Corliss Waitman is the punter from the Broncos. Great. Yes. Oh, cool. Wow. I'll get familiar with him in a couple days. But is he a Republican <laughs> or a Democrat? <laughs> All right, John. We've got a few more here on the list. John. Justin Tucker. <laughs> John. Sean Maloney. Kicker can or I, congressman? Can I phone a friend? Sure. 
Uh, I'm going to go Congressman. Sean Maloney is the Democratic Congressman from New York. That is correct. And, and it has nothing to do with knowing anything about Congress or football. It's just the law of averages is that you've had back-to-back NFL players, so you had to have a congressman eventually. I thought he was going to fake us more. out and do all got, kickers. I got more of both. I got more of both. I'm playing a game show here, so I'm playing the you odds. You are. You're playing the odds. You're playing the odds. Let's all go right, one, draft then. Let's, uh, let's go one more here to break the tie between John and KT. KT, if you get this, it could possibly be for the win. KT. Jason Sanders. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a kicker. Jason Sanders has spent many years kicking in this league. <laughs> yes, he has. That's a very confident answer. Okay. Dolphins, Final answer? Dolphins, right? Jason Sanders is the son of Senator Bernie Sanders. For, I'm just kidding. No, it's He's the kicker for the Dolphins. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I, I, since I already lost, I Googled this immediately, and I was about to be like, Kent, you're a liar. This man is a kicker. <laughs> All right, John, if you miss this one, KT gets the win. If not, we have a tiebreaker. All right, John. John, Sterling Hoffrichter. Oh, that's that's a politician right there. <laughs> It's such a hotty name. All right. Congressman. You're going congressman. All right. Yeah. Sterling Hoffrichter is the punter for the Dolphins. I don't believe it. Today I learned that a lot of players go on their roster. Dorky names. How many punters are on their roster right now? They have a kicker and a punter. Is he the punter? Is he going to win the job? I don't know. He was last time he was. They had a punter. He was their punter. He's been in the league since 2020. He is the He's football punter for the Miami oh, Dolphins God. currently. Hey, he he signed, off with the, he signed with the Dolphins like last week, bro. Congratulations, <laughs> <Hey>. KT, <laughs> on winning this round of kicker or congressman. If we had we'll played this time. on Tuesday, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked. Last oh, Tuesday, I, just look it up. He just left his seat in Congress. To be the punter. <laughs> I, come on, man. Mr. Hoffrichter goes to Washington. <laughs> you know, I David, wish that was the case. Freaking Corliss Williamson, and I get Hoffrichter. <laughs> Former Kings great. <laughs> Amazing. It's a tough game. Anyone can win. Congrats, KT. Uh, well, wow. okay. Final uh, thoughts um, uh, as I have my championship belt, which I should just give up after my. What was the mojo moment of the week, first of all? Yeah, what was the mojo moment of the week? Oh, the mojo me, moment. Wasn't it the I, uh, pick, uh, the, the, the the double tip at the uh, open practice for the pick six? Oh, the double tip was fun. Yeah. J-Ron Curse has mm-hmm. really damn good ball skills. Like, you know, the old cliche is that DBs are DBs because they can't catch. But, like, you go back to – He's made some really wild plays like the the interception that he contributed to or the interception he got against the Saints like down on the sideline last year. And then, yeah, that ball got tipped twice and he caught it right in stride and to return it for a touchdown. I just I've watched this team for nine years not have DBs that can make plays like that. And now they have three, really. If we're just talking about the mojo moment plays, I'd say it'd be that one. And I'm pretty sure that that 
that fade to uh, CD Lamb that Dak threw was a mojo moment when they started off at the other side of the field. Remember, there was like a false start, Dave, and that gave yeah. me enough time to get over there. Um, but if you're, I thought you meant like mojo moment, like your favorite moment from, if that was the case, I was going to say it, it was probably today when Mike McCarthy was screaming at um, Josh Ball and I believe Sam Williams because they kept pushing and shoving and, and uh, it was leading to where if it didn't get stopped, maybe some, maybe some fisticuffs and uh, just how much Mike McCarthy has been talking about how he doesn't want that type of stuff, especially going into these joint practices to see him dropping some F-bombs and getting in the huddle like that, like. I'm sure every NFL coach was always at a point where they do stuff like that. And just, we haven't seen much Mike McCarthy like that. So yeah, um, I also, wait, I also, speaking of Mike's personality, which I love completely unironically, like not being sarcastic. um, It was really funny during the mojo moment a few days ago, you know, they had, they had the two kickers when Garibay was still in camp, they had the two kickers, kick a game-winning field goal, but then the coaching staff just started messing with both of them. Like, they would ice the kicker, like they'd blow a timeout and be like, no, that kick didn't count, that kick didn't count, you got to re-kick it. And then when that kick went through, they had the refs throw a false start flag on the offensive line, then they had them throw a defense uh, offsides penalty. So the point was just to get them out of their comfort zone and have them take, like, four kicks. But the funny part was, like, McCarthy is so rare – for a coach to acknowledge fans and media like it never happens and like McCarthy just stopped the drill and was like this is fake like we're messing with the kickers like basically he was like don't write about how my team keeps getting penalties like that's not what's happening here it's and I just I thought it was, is what that is you don't think Tom Landry ever did that at a practice <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's Tom getting Landry. ahead of it it's getting ahead Tom of it Landry. because he's bothered by the narrative He's one hundred percent bothered by it, Casey. There's no question about oh, that. Oh, there, yeah, no, that's a good point. I just, I thought it was really funny that that he took the time to do it in the middle of practice. I mean, we talked to him like twice a day. He could have done it another time, but to oh, yeah. do it in the middle of practice was pretty funny. We talk well, about um, they talk about availability being super important. What about accountability this year? Have have they have they mentioned at all like the blaming the refs for last year's loss, like moving on, different mindset and all that? Because that that left such a bad taste in my mouth and the fans' mouths. I feel like that needs to be reset and reevaluated. Is accountability okay? So I feel like I have well, not to answer your question. No, I haven't heard a lot of talk about that. Um, but I also don't I don't expect you to hear that from Mike McCarthy because again player's first coach he's not going to throw the players under the bus like that because that's just not how he is so I don't think that you'd ever hear it from Mike and then in terms of maybe an assistant coach like we get assistance less now than ever before under like we used to be able to just grab them coming off the field and now it's just we had one day a few days ago where they were made available and it was like all the assistants in like a 20 minute thing and so that might not seem that might seem like oh 20 minutes that's plenty of time not when like all of a sudden 12 assistants that you never talk to are being made available. Like, and you're basically trying to get like two or three minutes with each guy to go over to the next person. So we don't get as much time to talk to coaches, uh, the rest of the coaches. And then, so the other part of it would be just like, I just don't, I don't see Jerry or Steven saying anything publicly. Like we got to get rid of that, that type of thing. Um, I mean, so yeah, no, to answer your question though, it hasn't been a thing that's been talked about much. Um, no. So it'll be interesting to see if that, I mean, 
it'll be a big storyline immediately if if something like that happens in one of their early season games. It'll go right back to, hey, this is just like what happened against San Francisco. You know, a lot of blaming. You know, the only thing I would say Mike has talked about is how, you know, they've had the officials in there at camp like they always do and that they've gone over a lot of different things. But he has made sure to stress that that doesn't mean that we're not going to be super aggressive, like that we're not all of a sudden changing the way that we play. We just want to know the little details that we're doing wrong here that are getting these penalties called because we're still going to play aggressive. The last thing that that they want to do is take their foot off the gas a little bit, particularly on defense. So he really stresses that although we're, we're adjusting, we're trying to make sure that we know uh, all the adjustments with all the rules and everything like that and be on top of what different crews are calling. We're also not trying to change the way we play. Yeah. And no one has a problem with those. Like, I don't think that people have a huge problem with those like effort type things. Well, like the pre-snap stuff has got to stop. And if you have a guy like Connor Williams who's leading the league and holding, yeah, that's a problem. But like, that's that's there's a big difference in all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John, see if you agree with me on this. This is just is purely something that I picked up on. And yeah, it was a few days ago. Like, it was when the refs were here. Mike Mike had a press conference where we just we talked a lot about the way that refs interpret things and the way they see things and stuff like that. And like, that's his job and it's his job to coach that stuff. But I was like, man, we're talking an awful lot about this. Like, and I, I always get, it always interests me sometimes where I'm like, I feel like you're setting yourself up to be able to make this excuse later. So I agree with you to a certain extent. I also say that as a member of the media, Sometimes I think that there's too many questions about one topic and this is just oh, one man. Sure. Sometimes oh, yeah. you're just kind of like, can we move on from this one? Nope. More on this. Okay, it's here we ins- go. And I've- I'll just say this to you. Valid. Very uh, valid. And, Very and, valid. And David Hellman will be able to attest to this because nothing against KT, nothing against Kent, nothing against fans, but the game changes when you have to start transcribing every word from these press conferences, (laughs) when you're breaking down the old transcript on one of these things, you'll get to a point where you're like, Oh yes. Right. There's another one of these questions. Hey, so you want to transcribe this? Cause you really didn't need to ask four about these. I think we got it here with these last 250 words, but sure. Let's go ahead and transcribe this too. I don't think that would stand out to me as much as if we didn't transcribe. They should make it. We should do like you transcribe your own questions. So whoever asks the question has to transcribe the answer. (laughs) Yeah. To your point, like it's insane to me that like the Trayvon Diggs story was like that big of a deal. Like it's not. People that ask the most questions do the least transcribing. Ah, that's weird weird how that works. Yeah. 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 All right. We got to get out of here. Um, Follow uh, David Hellman at David Hellman underscore. You can see him everywhere. He's over at Fox Sports now. Father John Mishota, keep cranking it out. We got joint practices. Probably going to be a scuffle or two. We got preseason action. We'll be back next week. And, of course, our producer, Kent Garrison. I am Kevin KT Turner. Uh, And I'll see you next time with the rest of the gang on About Them Cowboys. We love you. Bye. And Mara will miss it by a lot.